part one. We start with Seraphine in Entrezol. And this is the area between Piltover and Zahn. If you're in Georgia, it's Chattanooga. It's, <laughs> it's before you get to Nashville, <laughs> you go to Chattanooga. And there's shit going down. It's like chat's a place to hang out, right? <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 119. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hatch. And have we got a beautiful song laid out for you today, all right? Yeah, we're just going to sing for 15 minutes. <laughs> this is karaoke <laughs> night. Unbreak my heart. <laughs> they yeah, love we're... me again. <laughs> um, today we're talking about the following story. So we did Seraphine's bio. So obviously you knew a story was coming next, and we're going to do standing room only. Uh, and this is a shorter one uh, that's very focused on a, the event of right after the bio. So if you've listened to that episode, yeah. then good for you because we're just picking up right there. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. If you haven't listened to that episode, you know, courtesy, like two-second pause for you to pause this and go listen to it. All right, that's done. All right, now we go to housekeeping. All right, this is <laughs> your official last chance. <laughs> so housekeeping up top, you can listen to us everywhere. Um, visit us at Podcast Core. Remember that's cor.com for all of our info. And now on that info is our Threads account. So if you haven't Yo. been paying attention, we're going to date ourselves, obviously, this episode. But Zuckbot himself has released his Twitter comp competitor, Threads. So far, it's fine. Um, it feels like old school, bare bones Twitter, uh, but we went ahead and created an account there as well since Twitter has been an absolute shit show. Uh, so if you do have threads, go ahead and follow us on that. Uh, same name, Podcast Core, you can find us. Yeah, and we would really love for you to be there because, you know, as we've dated ourselves so much, we did have to put on our glasses yeah. and type in all the information, you know, like with the just one finger on each hand, <laughs> pecking typing, keys. pecking the keys at a time. It, it, it took a lot of work to get it in there. So we'd love for you to follow us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, trust me, it, it's, it feels different. If you go on threads, you'll immediately notice the difference. It's very just, different. Yeah, how bloated it's not. <laughs> it just feels like, oh, okay, I'm following people. I see their stuff, and that's it. All right, cool. Seems simple enough to me. What what a concept. What a concept. <laughs> so the rest of the housekeeping, email us if you want to get in contact. Some people have at podcastcore at gmail.com. We appreciate want to hear from you. Follow us on all the platforms because that helps us with discoverability, so we appreciate that as well. Leave a like, and fo a like follow, comment because we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think. Um, but as always, word of mouth has gotten us to this point, 100 episodes in. Uh, so tell a friend to blur the lines that divide by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Yes. Come down to the Interrasol and visit us. Or, you know what? We'll just take you there. Let's talk about a story that happened there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So once again, this picks up right after the bio. Story best told in three parts, as we like to do. So part one. We start with Seraphine in Entrezol. And this is the area between Piltover and Zahn. If you're in Georgia, it's Chattanooga. It's, <laughs> it's before you get to Nashville, <laughs> you go to Chattanooga. And there's shit going down. It's like chat's a place to hang out, right? 
So, <laughs> God, anyone who's not from the Southeast is not going to find that nearly as funny. And then everyone from the Southeast is going to be cackling because it's been like, what, 20 years of just hearing about how big Chattanooga is growing. It's like, no, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. There. <laughs> and that's the intersole. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, uh, where we left off, she's there on her resonance stage, we'll call it that, preparing to perform. And she's watching the fans pour into the venue, uh, getting ready for her performance. And she can kind of already feel, remember her powers, she can feel a kind, the energy's off, right? Uh, between the Piltovians and the Zonites. Yeah. And uh, this is like, if you haven't listened to the bio, this might not like fully make sense to you. So I, I'll kind of break it down a little bit. Uh, but we did cover this in the bio is that Seraphine can hear music that is basically the resonance of other people's hearts and souls, like essentially like their spirit. Right. And with she had struggled a lot as far as just with this endless berating sound just coming at her and then she was able to like kind of tone it out a little bit with the hex tech uh that her parents gave her and then now has converted that more to try to amplify her own music out there to try to unite people um now as far as this setting up for this show, the fact that this is in the middle point, the Chattanooga jokes aside, this <laughs> is going to be like the biggest gathering that the two cities are going to have in this day, right? So the the whole start of this is that, you know, Seraphine, even though she's on a stage that like her parents had converted for her to use as a stage uh, using the hex crystal that was originally dampening the sound that she even though she's using that right now to kind of seclude herself and get ready for the show this is still a lot of people right and this whole first bit we're gonna really try to like we're really reading through how seraphine is kind of going through her nerves and anyone who gets in front of a crowd, no matter how many times you do it, you're going to feel those nerves. And for Seraphine, we do, we, we already know that she was kind of a recluse before she hit this point. So this is going to be kind of heavy for her in the beginning. Yeah. And immediately we get this feeling from her, which is something that's not really conveyed in her bio, but now that we're into her career of doing multiple performances, both in Zon and in Piltover, she's frustrated. She's frustrated at this constant situation of this division line. The feelings of these both of both groups being so divided, although they both love her music and they should be coming together over her music. Not only can she feel this physical division, but she can see it in the in the crowd. She's looking on the crowd, and there's a dividing line directly down the middle of Zonites on one side, Piltovers on the other, and they're just waiting to hear hear her tunes and this kind of puts a damper on the hope of her mission because we've mentioned before her mission is very realistic about her place in all of this and her influence and she wants to activate that in a positive way uh, but she keeps hitting this roadblock and this kind of puts a damper on her mood which is going to affect not only her music but her magical abilities that help to infuse her feelings and her music into the people as she sings yeah, and uh, 
as far as like the divide, like that totally makes sense because I, if you've ever been to a concert before, you already know that it's like, even if you have like a bit of social anxiety because it is jam packed, mm-hmm. you're all like put in, like crowded into like a bar for a, a lot of shows. Like it may be like a big amphitheater, but even if it's something big like that, you're still all on top of each other. So yeah. that actually have like that physical representation of a big divide is kind of crazy but we've spent a lot of episodes building up like the story of Piltover and Zaun as two cities interacting with each other it's never it's very rarely a good thing that happens and the show Arcane really spells out like the history of how it got there too um, well, not the whole history, but, you know, it gives us a look into it. So it, knowing that it's like, yeah, like I get her frustration, but at the same time, though, these are big scars to heal. Yeah. And maybe if she was a metal artist, the divide <laughs> would actually look pretty cool because then it's like, all right, all right, spread it out, spread it out. Wall of death. Let's go. <laughs> but but no, we're not getting a wall of death at this one. Uh, not only are we not going to get it, we probably wouldn't want it because Zon and Piltover already don't get along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need to give uh, them an excuse. But like a true artist, the show must go on. So she begins to sing. And when she's singing, she's starting to lock eyes with certain people in the crowd, um, as well as locking on their feelings. And she notices a Piltovian woman. And through her feelings, she can start to understand her struggles that she's trying to escape from coming to this concert. Um, This woman's name is Scala, and she's specifically having issues with getting her thesis um, uh, published. And that's something she's been working hard on. And then afterwards, she kind of senses another feeling floating around. And this is of a Zonite man who's a silversmith named Roland who doesn't really know if his next creation will sell well enough for him to keep his shop. But despite this, she knows that he's the type of person that fosters his community and especially the talents of kids in his community. So the small space he already has, he divides up um, to allow them to like practice instruments and things like that. And through these two, she's able to start to merge those feelings into the music and is starting to bring back a bit of hope as she understands why this divide keeps happening at all of her concerts. And I I do really enjoy like these two passages because it gives us like more of an insight into what Seraphine's abilities are like than anything else that we've covered to this point. Uh, because uh, the whole idea as far as like these two people that she knows, like that's that like that's already something that anyone can relate with because it's essentially just being neighborly, right? Like Seraphine took the time yeah. to get to know both of these people and she's able it's like okay, like in a big crowd, if you've ever done like public speaking or anything, even if it's not a big crowd, you usually just try to like if you're not just staring at an exit sign, you're usually yeah. just kind of looking at like maybe like your parents or your friends, like someone to kind of keep you grounded. And so like that's already what Seraphine's doing here, but the after she is able to lock, lock in on them, she's able to actually hear the songs that they're putting forth, um, and then she's able to kind of ride it like a wave and put it into her music. And I do enjoy um, like 
like right before this like she before she's focused on these two characters as she's you know listening to all of like the two crowds in the divide and how she's describing like the music together where it's like zon is kind of gravelly and heavy drum while Piltover has a trumpet and wind instruments. And it's like, oh, cool. So Seraph, we learn a lot about Seraphine here because she's not a K-pop artist. She's a ska artist. This is a ska <laughs> show. And but she, despite it being a ska show, she still has to focus on like two instruments. And these are the two characters that she's focused on. And she's riding that wave out. Yeah, exactly. So this then takes us to the end of this part two, this middle section which is, you know, she's hoping that her taking those feelings of these two specific people, manipulating that in her magic, per se, and then pushing that back out will create this bouncing effect, right? And it does, because after she opens her eyes, after she's begun this song, she looks out into the crowd, right? And she sees that they're no longer divided. Over the course of the song, they have slowly merged together, Right. And both sides have converged and have created, like Hetch mentioned, their own song and chorus that's coming back to her, which is infused with their appreciation for her music. So she did it. Right. And this is something that happens consistently because what she wants is that she starts a concert and this is already the and the beginning result. Right. Instead of having to go through this loop. But she's appreciative of where her music is able to take the message and the end result is always this. Cause if she was to perform and it was still divided at the end, now we see a regression, right? And that's not what we want. And I say, right. we like we're, we're all in this together. Hey. <laughs> High school musical right. style. Yeah. So he jumped, he jumped the gun, but we might as well get hop to the end here, which is that we yeah. are now Seraphine's managers. Um, yeah. we, we did it. Um, and hopefully it's not going to affect like the recording of the show while we go on tour with Seraphine. But, you know, like we we're excited for this opportunity. Yeah. And if we put it on the podcast, right, it has to make it true. Right. <laughs> That's how it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like they uh, and I totally get like the like, you know, that frustration of feeling like, OK, why do I have to go through all this work if this is how it always ends up? Yeah. Um, it's like, why can't we just be here? But that's just not how life is. Uh, but it is it is like the insight that we enjoy here the most is getting to see Seraphine's perspective of this process because mm -hmm. otherwise you know for everyone else you know they're just showing up looking at a stage and then it lights up seraphine's there and then they start singing like they for them it's just a concert but for seraphine it's so much more than yeah. that yeah and this takes us into our part three here to wrap things up which is an actual division in the story because it jumps to the end of the concert and she's talking about you know oh you know entresol is such a beautiful place and it's become so much more since she's been performing there, right? So that's another impact she's had. Uh, but after the performance, she has this little place where she likes to sit in a corner, enjoy a cup of tea, and just watch the dispersed crowd. Uh, you have local businesses setting up. Just think of like food trucks, right, setting up outside of a venue. And this is where everyone is gathering and has spaces for them to mingle. And even the kids, because you know, we know kids are pure, are playing together on her stage, which she sets up as this makeshift playground, temporary entertainment zone of a thing. And that's a point where she reflects on her previous um, frustration, 
because she can see the change. She sees it, even though it's a difficult process, like Hesh mentioned, that is going to take a long period of time, and it's a small portion of the overall solution. It's working, and this is where she's actually able to see it with her own eyes and get more of that hope back to do this again. Right. And uh, as far as the getting to like see the kids like playing together, like that, that's something that a lot of media, like both fantasy and not fantasy, explores a lot where it's like, you know, kids, kids are pure. Like there's a lot of things in the world that are just learned behaviors. And like this, that Seraphine, this is a relatively like adult moment for Seraphine, especially Mm -hmm. following like the coming right out of her bio. So like that kind of sets the perspective of how much growth that she has had as just a human being at this point of her story, which is, which is a nice touch, especially since a lot of the times when we're covering champions and league of legends, uh, we don't get to see that, right? <laughs> we don't get to see like a sense of humanity, yeah. uh, which if you've enjoyed our Darkin episodes, let us know. We, we had fun with those. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, uh, but like as far as in this moment, in the like the biggest venue of Chattanooga right now, she <laughs> she's enjoying like this post this post show thing. Yeah. And then something that is very important to her is going to snap her out of this, which is that she is able to start hearing a hum from her crystal, her hex crystal once again. Yeah. And this is one of the things that has inspired her the most uh, as far as to get to this point of trying to be an artist to unify people together is because she just wanted to hear this song again. Yeah. Yeah. She's become the crowd, right? At, at After the show. And that's where our story leaves off, right? She, We have this experience um, of this endless loop, but ultimately resulting in a positive change. And then we have her recommitting to her goal of continuing to seek out this harmony of this duet between her, the crowd, and then between themselves. And what we want to talk about at the end here is kind of this is a cool story because it takes the if you've ever listened to either podcast by musical artists or interviews of artists at how they feel at like other shows like going to see other artists and how they feel about their crowds and how their crowds affect their music this is the concept of having a quote-unquote good crowd right you've probably seen it in music in um tiktok if you're on tiktok or on social media you see somebody post a video of like a concert clip and the crowd is like dead or just not really feeding the artist and it kind of affects the performance, like the vibe is off. Uh, Doesn't really happen in K-pop much is one reason K-pop is a experience that people seek out is because the crowd is giving just as much as the performers are and it creates an experience that's just extravagant if you've never been to one of those shows. And this takes that, adds in the magical elements and gives it more depth. And I think that's a great approach to a Seraphine story. Yeah, and not just like the magical approach, but we also get like the little bit of the pol- the, the political side, yeah. for lack of a better term, of the the landscape that is the Zon and Piltover. Yeah, because we that build up has to happen because these are cities that are virtually have been at war with each other. Yeah. for a long time. It's actually a civil so, war, yeah. Situation. Yeah, it so it, it like. It's that is like all those little things are kind of amplified in this like in this little excerpt of a story, which is a cool thing to see because it 
you need that little bit of ampli- amplification to appreciate Seraphine's place in her own story because the for every other character that we've really followed um that have come from Piltover and Zaun, yeah. none of them are trying to unify. Like none of them are trying to bring the people together. Like even the characters that are trying to make uh, like trying to make the situation of Piltover and Zaun more tolerable, they're yeah. just trying to make it easier to swallow, right? Like Vi it's just trying to, you know, get powder back or like, like that's all that she's trying to do. And Caitlin is just trying to maintain order. She's not trying to make life better for the Zonites. She's just trying to maintain order. Yeah. And then like characters like Echo and Zeri, they're just trying to survive because the John is kind of messed up. And then you've got some of the other characters that have just kind of evil intentions. <laughs> that. Uh, so it, it, like it, you have to appreciate Seraphine's position in what she is trying to do. And this is a very easy to swallow story that really kind of sets that stage. <laughs> uh, sets <guy>. her stage <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as what she is trying to do. But uh, another cool thing with this, um, as far as with the, the story, if you do want to go and read it, if, even if you don't want to read it, I would suggest going, opening it up to see the cover art for the story because it gives another perspective of the Intrasol, uh, which is a nice thing to see because I think like the only other time that we really get a good look at the Intrasol is Arcane. And this is years after Arcane. Yes. Like, so I, I don't even know if Seraphine was born yet in the, in the time frame of arcane right so the, this gives another look of the intrasoul that isn't being absolutely bombarded by powder <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so this it, it, it's a nice thing to see um but it's a nice story it, it's 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 a cute one i wouldn't necessarily say like it's fun but it yep. it's cute and it is important as far as setting up what seraphine is and helping you really understand it well put as always and with that we'll leave it there thank you for listening and we'll be back soon with the next episode yeah take care everybody